guys, and welcome to Our Own Huddle, man. I'm back. Uh, first things first, uh, new episodes are going to drop any day of the week, uh, but they're going to drop every other week. So new episode this week, no new episode next week, every other week. Uh, just scheduling conflict with things I got going on. So that's the best way I can think I can start recording now. But with that being said, let's go ahead and drop into the world of NFL, right? First things first, I'm uh, late on is uh, Christian McCaffrey traded from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, my thoughts. Um, long story short, good riddance, right? Uh, it was very much time. Um, obviously, Carolina is in a semi-rebuilt, I think. I don't think they're going to rebuild fully from the ground. And what I mean by semi-rebuilt, uh, they don't trade away all their stars. You know, I'm hearing rumors about trading Brian Burns and uh, DJ Moore and maybe some other young pieces. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I hope they don't trade those two because, I mean, those guys are way better health-wise and studs than Christian McCaffrey. Um, so I think they'll keep those guys around, but they will get rid of maybe some other pieces. I think one guy that's out the door is their longtime star veteran, uh, Shaq Thompson, at outside linebacker. I think he's the next guy to go out the door. Uh, and he's wearing a special jersey number. I don't know if you've ever noticed when – a big-time player has a certain number that they want them to come to their team. Whoever's wearing that number already on that team, his ass is out the door. And Shaq Thompson is wearing number seven. And I'm hearing about C.J. Stroud being drafted to the Panthers. Oh, he's out the door. They got to make sure someone – he gets that jersey. They got to make sure C.J. Stroud gets number seven. So he's probably out the door. Um, <laughs> But, no, I'm kidding. But that does happen sometimes. But I think uh, with C.J. Uh, Stroud – uh, then you got Bryce Young, and then there's Will Levis, right? Um, right now, Carolina's projected to have maybe the third pick. If the if the season ended today, they would have the third pick. Um, it's gonna be between them, the Texans, and the Lions. Um, I think the Lions probably will end up with the first pick. So I don't know if Carolina will end up trading for that first pick. Um, so I think honestly, how it's gonna end up being, I see. C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young going one or two. It's going to be vice versa. Either Young ends up with the Lions or Stroud ends up with the Lions or either one of them ends up with the Texans. And I think Carolina probably ends up with Will Levis if those two are gone. Maybe. I'm going to assume they could go for a running back replacement, but I doubt it. I mean, first priority is to get a quarterback, right? Um, I don't think they're going to be sold on Matt Corral. Obviously, they're not sold on Mayfield. Obviously, they're not sold on Sam Darnold. You know, first of all, it's about seeing who's going to be the new head coach in there. Uh, and it's going to be somebody offensive-minded with those pieces on the offense because they have pieces. Uh, but I think they'll get either – it'll be either between, I think, Stroud or Levis. Um, those guys are just bigger than Young. Like they have the more arm talent, I think, for the NFL. I think Young, he'll be okay in the NFL because of his IQ, but honestly, I don't know. I'm not sure. I hope they don't, won't draft Young, but then again, I wouldn't be surprised if they wouldn't. So, But it depends on how those two, either Stroud or Young, go first. If, they, if they're if they both gone by the time it's time for Carolina to pick, I believe they end up with Will Levis from Kentucky. And I've watched Levis, and he's okay. I've, I've seen some Josh Allen comparisons. and he, I mean, yeah, he's big. He's got the arm. He's mobile. So. I think for Stroud, for him to raise up the bar, I think he'll have to show out in the senior bowl. So that remains to be seen. And then there's Anthony Richardson that's 
probably coming out this year. Um, but I think he falls late. I have Seattle taking him. If they go for a quarterback, I think Seattle will go for him late in the season. Um, but yeah, though that those are the moves I think Carolina will make. But going back to McCaffrey, it was time to move on. I didn't know what more good he could do for Carolina. Uh, he stays hurt half the time, ninety percent of the time. Um, it was just time to move on, and they it was really good move. He's taking up cap room. Um, big contract. You're paying a guy like that who hardly plays half the season. Um, it's a good move for him as well. It's a good move for both teams because he'll he'll flourish in that offense. He doesn't even have to be, you know, how Madden calls it a superstar X factor in that 49ers offense. He can just be a star. You know, he can just be a good role player in that offense and he'll flourish. So it's a good move for both teams. Um I'm very curious to see where Carolina goes with the running back. Now I picked up Chuba Hubbard in the fantasy and he he gave me some good points. I just didn't start him. And uh, so, and, and it's between him and Dante Foreman, who we all know what he did last season when Derrick Henry went out for the Titans, he carried the load. So, you know, I think we'll see what those two guys can do, but it's a good move for Carolina. But uh, going off that topic, man, uh, moving on to, let's move to the Colts. Yesterday, or was it, I believe it was uh, Monday, actually, they announced they are benching Matt Ryan, former Atlanta Falcons quarterback for the rest of the season, Sam Ellinger. The quarterback out of Texas will be the starter for the remaining season. Applaud to Indianapolis making that move. I've been said that Sam Ellinger deserves a chance. I like what I've seen from preseason. I loved him in college. He's a gamer. He's a baller. Uh, I really think this is a good move for him. If they have Jonathan Taylor out there fully healthy, I believe that's a good move. It's time for out with the old and in with the new. Right, uh, Matt, it's time to go. Uh, Brady's time to go. A-Rod still has a lot in the tank. That is the only older quarterback I will give props that still shows he's got it. I believe, honestly, A-Rod and Rodgers would flourish in the San Francisco 49ers offense. I believe it would just be a match made in heaven. It would just be beautiful if he was with the 49ers. But staying on topic, though, uh, Matt, he just lost a step. It was been time for him to go, you know. I've... I. I'm not an Atlanta Falcons fan, but I do have teams that I have a soft spot for and I and I, I support. And the Falcons are one of them, but I just could not support them under the Matt Ryan reign. I just could not. You know, he was a lot of the problem with Atlanta. You know, a lot of people don't want to admit that. You know, I, I know there's some fans out there and say, you know, he did this and that. He had to fix stats. But sometimes stats don't mean shit, right? You know, it's just what you see is what you get, man. Uh, I remember, I believe they were playing Detroit last season. I believe that's who it was. Maybe, in a, or it might have been the Colts. I can't remember exactly, but he threw the ball straight in triple coverage in the end zone and it got picked off. And I'm just like, stats don't show that. You know, that's, that's, it's bad, you know, bad decision making. You know, Matt, he's, he's lost a step. You know, it's time for him to go in the booth and just go be a, you know, call games. You know, it's time for that. So I think that's a good move for Indianapolis. Um, I don't know what Sam Ellinger, you know, will bring to the table. I think he will be ready. He's been there for, I believe, three years now. That sounds right. So he's coming off his final rookie contract year, probably. So he'll he'll be good in that offense, I believe. I just don't know what he'll exactly bring. I don't know if they're looking for a jump start. I don't know if they're looking for more just a game manager because he's more than a game manager. You know, the guy's pretty good. He's mobile. 
So that'll be interesting to see, though. But um, good move by the Colts. And then the Jets, right? They uh, unfortunately lost the rookie stud running back, Brees Hall, torn ACL, and I believe also a torn meniscus in the other leg. One of the other was in the same leg. But they make a good move in getting James Robinson from the Jags. So I like that move. Um, I guess that is a statement by the Jags that they're all in on Travis Etienne. Um, so good for the Jags. I, but I just don't understand, you know, why not keep both of them? You know, you see how Cleveland has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, in this day and age, it is not going to hurt for a, an NFL team to have two star receivers and two stud running backs, the way this NFL is. I mean, it does not hurt at all to have that. But, you know, it's a good move. Um, maybe the Jets, I mean, excuse me, the Jags are looking for something long downturn, you know, long term. Um, and I guess the Jets, you know, five and two, five and, yeah, five and two. Or maybe five and one. They're looking pretty good. So they're trying to make some noise. You know, I mean, that's a great move from them. I like James Robinson. He's actually been having a good year. I wasn't sure how he was going to look after coming off in the torn Achilles. That was, I had a chance to draft him in fantasy, but that's the only thing that kept me from him because he came off an Achilles and I wasn't sure. But, you know, in this day and age, man, it just doesn't, it just shows you how far we've come in, you know, sports and medicine wise to involve these athletes coming back on another level from sometimes from injury. So that was very a good move by the Jets and Jazz. I like that trade a lot. So good for the Jets though. But going off uh for the rest of the teams, um, from what I've been watching, you know, I think Buffalo, I will give them the keys. You know, I, I think they're way ahead and they are to come out the AFC. Um Chargers are very inconsistent and they are banged up to the core. So I think the Chargers are finna take the real deep step back uh Miami Miami still looks good um I like what I saw from Tua uh did not like him leaning with the his head on Sunday night against the Steelers uh he needs to learn how to slide if he needs to go take some baseball and learn how to slide he needs to go do that um so I have the you know the Dolphins are looking good Chiefs Chiefs are still there as always but that NFC man the NFC is dead you know I I don't I really don't know who's coming out I mean, if my two favorites, if I had to put my money on, believe it or not, I'm going to say Philly, obviously Philly. And then, really, you're not going to believe this one is Dallas. Uh, I think Dallas is, has maybe the second-best defense behind Philly. Maybe first. That remains to be seen. I can't wait to see that Dallas and Philly game with Dak back now. And Dak looked great against Detroit. So, you know, all that Cooper Rush shit. And I was on the train a little bit, too, but I was not putting Cooper in front of Dak. I just said Cooper was good enough to put his status to show that he's a good backup quarterback. I just want to, you know, let that be known. You know, I was never thinking he was better than Dak, but he was showing that he is a good backup quarterback, and that is what he is, a backup, not a starter. So that's a good move. But, um, yeah, that's what I have in the NFL, man. I, I think it's going to be an interesting season. This is the long stretch now, and we're going to see what teams are made of. So, yeah, man, I think – I got Dallas and Philly in the NFC and just Buffalo really coming out the AFC. You know, moving on to NBA, man. NBA is back, right? Uh, you had Lakers and Warriors and then Warriors and Sun last night. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, Warriors and Suns last night. That game was heated, right? That was the Warriors versus the Suns. Shit, I'd hate to see Warriors versus Celtics and Warriors versus Grizzlies because that shit is going to be ugly. You know, obviously, you know, Golden State, you know, and I'm sure the big three realizes it, but 
But these other guys have to realize they're on a dominant championship contending team in the last couple of years, and they have a target on their back, right? You know, some of these guys aren't going to like it because you're 19, 20, 21, 22, and you've already got a ring. Some of these guys have been in the league for the last three, four years, and they don't have shit, you know? And so, you know, like Wiseman and Kaminga, you know, they're going to have to play with an attitude even – and Poole has it. Now, Poole has that little attitude to his game, and, he, and he's going to bring it. He's going to show, you know, you, I saw him jaw off a little bit to Booker last night after they got Clay thrown out, you know? So, you know, you know they – Golden State has that target on their back, right? That, that's – you know, that's expected when you're the contending team. You know, you're dominant. Everybody's going to bring their best and win it, you know? But uh, <clears throat> one thing I didn't like about with Phoenix saying it, you know, Phoenix – they need to learn to damn be humble, right? Shit. Last time I checked, the Don owned their ass. Luka Doncic owns their ass. Hell, the Greek freak owned their ass. They can't beat damn European players. You know, so shit. I mean, it's like, I don't know if Phoenix thinks they won it last year or what, but last time I expected, they had the biggest upset in the NBA season. You know, they came up short, and I don't know. I guess, you know, yeah, it's trying to send a message that they're still here, but hey, Golden State isn't your problem, Phoenix. You have to figure out of how you're going to beat these other teams as well. Because last time I checked, you couldn't beat Dallas, right? Uh, I don't even – I can't see them beating Minnesota in a series. I really can't. Um, you know, Minnesota's looking pretty good in their little two games. I like what they're doing with Gobert and uh, Towns, but I don't know if Phoenix – you know, and they, they, they could. You know, this could be Phoenix's year, you know. Uh, sometimes teams in the NBA have that where they, you know, fall off from that year where they're expected to go. And they don't, but they get there the next. You know, hell, I mean, Golden State, you know, kind of had that the last two years before they got back to the finals. You know, obviously they had some holes, you know, with play out and some other things with Steph out. And, you know, so it took them a while to get there. And now maybe this might be Phoenix's year. It might be so. But, hey, they got a lot to figure out. So I think, you know, honestly, Phoenix needs to sit the fuck down and uh, kind of remember, hey, they couldn't buy a basket against goddamn Doncic last year. You know, Luka, I think, still on them. And they barely beat them. And I think one of the last couple games they just had against the Dallas, Phoenix won, but I believe they barely won. So, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting, good season. You know, um, I can't wait to see Jamal Murray back. That's one of the most hyped players I'm ready to see again this season. You know, I really hate that he went down, but it kind of scares me that it's taking him this long to come back. Right? Something when you know a guy with you know ACLs have become pretty much a simple injury by this point. Right? Either out for a year and you're back like the beginning of the next um he sat out all of last season could have came back but chose not to and i understood why right um but yet he's not back at the beginning of the season either that tells me something didn't go right in that surgery uh that, that that's kind of scary that he's not back from a simple acl i mean you know a- acls can be devastating and some acls are different than others you know it's different than a torn or sometimes tear, you know, sometimes you have a torn Achilles and you have a ruptured Achilles. Two very different things. Ruptured is very, you're not coming back the same at all. Um, torn, it can be r- repaired a little bit and you can come back maybe 75%, which I think that's why Clay is still pretty much durable. If he had a ruptured Achilles, then Clay probably didn't play last at all at all last season. He's probably back this season now. Um but yeah, that kind of scares me that his ACL, something didn't go right in that surgery, I believe. And that's why we haven't seen Jamal Murray. And I really think, you know, it's going to take 
Denver by the end of the season to really probably have it going with him because there's no telling when he's coming back and how much he can come back. But then again, the brother, you know, he's got that attitude, right? The brother could come back out and be exactly the same. So that remains to be seen. Um, Dame time is back, obviously. I love seeing what I see, what he, what he did with the Lakers. It's always beautiful to see the Lakers get crushed, man. It's, it's, it's hilarious, man. They, the Lakers are slowly becoming a laughing stock, and it's kind of sad how they put Westbrook out as a scapegoat. Um, yes, Westbrook has looked terrible the last couple games, the last couple seasons, but I believe, honestly, he still has a lot left in the tank athletically-wise. Um, he still has that athleticism a little bit. Um, I don't think it's fair. I do think he will be traded. I've been hearing a lot about the Pacers trade, but I think, honestly, the best move, which it won't happen, but I would love to see Westbrook in Dallas. I think he could kind of feel that kind of Jalen Brunson role. He he won't shoot as good as, obviously, as as Brunson, but I think he can be another aggressive attitude driving force for Dallas, what they need, you know, kind of that pit bull they need. I think he could do that, you know, get somebody else to ball for Doncic, you know, and he can do some work with it, getting inside, getting drawn to foul. Um, but, yeah, I don't like either making Westbrook scapegoat because, honestly, if it was up to me for anybody had to get fucking traded, it's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is glass. Um, you put him anywhere on the court, he's destined to shatter. I mean, he's just, he's a walking piece of glass. You don't know when he's going to shatter. Um, you know, Anthony Davis is probably my top candidate to be traded because he's just, he's not healthy. I don't know what more they need to see to get him traded. Um, the Lakers roster is terrible. Um, there's no shooting. I mean, my friend was talking and he was like, I think they're going to get better. You know, they just, season just starting. I mean, I'm looking at that roster though. It's, it's bad. It's really bad. I mean, when you look at those names, they're not known for shooting the three. I mean, there's one guy on that team that on the on the team that could probably shoot good, and that's Matt Ryan. Ironically, hilariously, his name is Matt Ryan. Uh, I, I remember him in college. He's been in the summer league. He was with Boston. He shoots a three pretty well, but that is about it. He's a streaky shooter, I think. You know, um, that's it. I mean, LeBron's gonna shoot, you know, but he's gonna drive more than he's gonna shoot a three. Um, if you can get Davis on the floor, he may shoot it pretty well. But and we know what to expect the Westbrook in, and Beverly will probably go one for five in the three, and that's it. You know he's gonna bring his, all his energy is going to defense and being up people's assholes and shit and being a pest. Uh, you know I don't know if they can figure that out. Um, but I do expect the big move for the Lakers to be a playoff contending team, and it's not with Westbrook in the picture. So. Yeah, but those are just my little quick thoughts on the NBA. I don't want to talk about too much of the NBA when, once the NFL and college season is over with. So that's when the NBA is really booming, probably around Christmas time when those Christmas games start. So, yeah, that's the NBA, man. NBA is back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have seen any other field goal posts, please return it back to Tennessee. I believe there are pieces still missing. I was on eBay yesterday, and I could have sworn I saw a piece for from the field goal post being sold on there. So if you please, have you seen anything, just please return it back to Tennessee. <laughs> but no, man, that was a great game, Tennessee and Bama. I know I'm late on that one, but man, quick thoughts, man. I just, I'm glad. I hope people see that Alabama secondary is exposed and weak of how exposed. You can throw the ball on Alabama. That is your only advantage on Alabama. Um, You know, 
Hendon Hooker, I think he will be a top pick, maybe top 10, maybe top 15 pick. Uh, but Jalen Hyatt, man. Man, I don't know if I've seen a receiver destroy Alabama that bad. I mean, there's been some receivers that destroy that. I mean, Mike Williams in the college championship with Clemson and Bama. But, man, I don't know if I've seen a guy. There's a few players I remember destroying Alabama. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, when he was at Ohio State, he ran all over Alabama in the playoff game. But, man, Jalen Hyde, and for a regular season, that was that was bad, you know. Um, it shakes up things, though, right? Tennessee's moved up to three. You know, Georgia's still one, Ohio State's two. Uh, it's going to get interesting. You got Georgia-Florida this Saturday. Um, Georgia's on upset alert. I do have them on upset alert. Um, but I believe it'll be because if Georgia cannot score, if Georgia loses, it's because they beat themselves, not because Florida truly beat them. Um, if Georgia makes mistakes and it falls into Florida's hands and Florida capitalizes, that is how I see Georgia losing against Florida, not because Florida will just go and straight run them over. Now, I do believe Florida will score eventually on Georgia's defense, but I expect Georgia's defense to timely stop Florida when it's time to stop Florida. You know, they'll bend, but they won't break. Um you know, because I believe Georgia's defense, again, apparently, has been their vocal point of this season. Um, now, it's not like I said in the last episode. It's not the defense that we had last year, but that defense is good enough and disciplined enough to help them win championships, and it's got them out of games. It really got them out of that Missouri game, and it showed that the run game is still there for Georgia. But I believe Stetson Bennett is getting exposed because – Teams got film on you. They know when you run. They know what you're going to do. They're, they're knowing Stetson, right? They're knowing them now. Uh, so Georgia, you know, it's going to be interesting because the only team that can beat Georgia right now, I think, is Georgia, from what I'm seeing on the offensive side, if the miscues of what Stetson makes. So Florida capitalizes on the miscues. Florida can walk out of Jacksonville with a dub. Um, you know, I think it just shows, though, for Georgia's defense of how smart Kirby Smart is, no pun intended. Uh, you know, they're very disciplined, very disciplined. You know, they run sideline to sideline, you know, and he, and he has a big class coming in again this year for defense. So that's going to be remaining to be seen. But for the top four, man, I believe it's going to be probably – it depends on what that Georgia-Tennessee game goes, right, before I even go in there. It's, that depends what Tennessee does. I have Georgia winning by a hair maybe like 28-21, um, because that game will determine a lot. If Tennessee wins, Georgia is probably out of the playoff picture. And then we got Tennessee-Abama again in the SEC championship. Um, that could shake up a lot of things. You know, that Tennessee pretty much holds the college football playoff in its hand by the Georgia-Tennessee game. That, that, that's really going to shake up things. And then you got Ohio State. And Michigan in the left hand, and then Georgia and Tennessee in the right hand, and then right there in the middle, you got the college football playoff. So it's going to really shake up things of where Ohio State, because you got Ohio State, Michigan undefeated pretty much. You got Tennessee and Georgia undefeated. Bama still on the outside looking in. And then you got over there in the Pac 12. Don't forget about them now. Only one loss, and I'm liking what I'm seeing from that team is USC with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. I really like Caleb Williams, man. That guy. He's he's my Heisman favorite right now, and I really like him as a top pick, but I don't see a lot of eyes on him, so I don't see that happening. But that's where I think for the college football playoff circle, that's who it is. You got Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, 
Tennessee, Alabama, USC. Those are the ones that I believe are all in there in that circle, and that's who we'll be seeing down the stretch. Um, it's really going to turn things around. I think USC is going to have their hands full with UCLA and Oregon, despite what we saw with Oregon and Georgia. Oregon is just not on that level for SEC teams, but they can play with teams like USC. So we'll see, you know, how that game plays out. But Bama's on the outside looking, and obviously they played, you know, they got their dub against Mississippi State. I think their only biggest challenge left will probably be the Ole Miss, but you see how Ole Miss fold up. And actually, correct that, LSU has caught fire, apparently. Uh, LSU and Bama, the game might have some energy after all because LSU has caught fire, um, so that'll be interesting. So we'll see what LSU does. LSU and Ole Miss are the last two in Alabama's way. Um, they're going to try to win out. You know, the committee's going to want them in there. You know, the refs are probably going to be pulling for Alabama, so we'll see some probably interesting calls. But I think that's where we are with those teams. Um, I think if there's any team that's kind of fronting right now, it's Michigan. And Michigan, Ohio State, you know, no offense to Michigan fans, I don't know how for real Michigan is. I mean, they've played some some tough teams, but I got to see how they play Ohio State. Even if they lose against Ohio State, if they play them tough, like if they lose by a touchdown, lose by three, I'll still credit at Michigan. But I got to see how for real Michigan is. And the only way to tell that is against Ohio State. Um, Ohio State, they look like a good, complete team. Um, If I had to put my money on the college football playoff championship right now, it's probably them in Georgia. Um, It just really – I'm really lost for words of what to say of who's going to be in there because it, anything can happen. Because like I said, you got Tennessee and Georgia in the right hand and you got Michigan and Ohio State in the left hand. And depending on those games, after those games, win or lose, is going to determine who we're going to start seeing coming in the fold because if Tennessee loses, obviously they drop out of the top three. They're not in the SEC championship. Ohio State, if Michigan loses, who do you move up in the top four? Now, I guess Clemson moves up in there, but hell, they got – TCU at six now. So I don't even know how that's going to play out because now I think they're looking at TCU as the new Cincinnati now, a team that deserves their credit and that might could be in the college football playoff. And who the hell watches TCU? I don't know any goddamn TCU fans. So I don't even know where where it's going to go. So it's really going to be interesting to see where it goes now with college football playoff. But, I mean, Georgia is safe. They just It depends what they do in these top three games. Tennessee game is going to be the biggest. You know, they got they can't overlook Florida, and they definitely can't look over Kentucky, right? They're a solid balance team. Um, Alabama has two on their radar, and they're pretty much good. They can't forget about Auburn, though. No, Auburn's going to play them tough. It's always a rival. Um, USC is in there. They still have a couple of games that they have to mark on the radar, but if there's any team that's really safe, it's Ohio State, because all Ohio State really has to worry about is Michigan. I don't see Penn State beating them this Saturday. Um, they're just not on that level. They might give them trouble. You never know. Um, but other than that, man, it's like there's really no telling who's going to be in there. This is the probably most interesting year for the college football playoff, and I think this is why it shows why the committee has elected, I think, in 2026, even though I think it should be sooner than that. I don't understand why it can't be this year now to extend the playoff bracket. They want to do it 12 teams. I would have did eight maybe six. I think eight is a fair number, but they want to do 12, and I'm all for it. More college football, right? Um, but you just have so many teams that could go either way, because hell, I mean, even though I don't want Cincinnati in there, hell, Cincinnati only lost one game. Um, so it really could be in there. Uh, Clemson, 
now is one team I'm not talking about. Um, they obviously beat Florida State. I had Florida State upset them. Um, Clemson has an easy way too now, but it depends who they see in that AFC championship. Uh, excuse me, ACC championship. Um, they just can't win with DJ Udo. You seen him get benched last weekend against Syracuse. He's just not that guy, man. He's not that guy, and I don't see him making it in the NFL as a quarterback. You know, maybe he'll make it as a tight end because he's, you know, he's a Samoan. He's a natural built, strong guy. So I, if he has hands and he transitions to a tight end, maybe he might have something. But I don't see him making it as an NFL quarterback. But Clemson's an interesting team that could we we could see trying to get in there because I don't know if Clemson can play with the rest of these top teams. I don't know if they could play with Georgia this year. Um, I don't know if they could play with Bama. I damn sure don't think they could play with Bama. I don't know if they could play with Ohio House. I just don't know who they could play with. Um, so Clemson is an interesting team. Obviously, they're still up there, but they're a team that could easily sneak in, but the only way they sneak in is by the fault of somebody else losing, not because of how good they are. They're not that good. So really, Clemson, Ohio State, I think has an easy way in because it's all going to depend on them getting in by someone else losing. So they're just kind of sitting back watching, watching these other teams play at each other because really it's going to come down to the SEC, right? It's going to come down between Bama, Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee beats Georgia. Tennessee's got to face Bama. Georgia beats Tennessee. It's Georgia and Bama again round let's see six now round five so it's it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting take though but yeah man that'll do it for this episode of our own huddle man if you enjoyed man hit that follow and notification bell so you know when new episodes been dropped and if you want to see more posts man just follow me on ig at our own huddle man i hope you enjoyed the episode guys and i'll see you next time